There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 64 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Employer branding has never been a more popular discussion topic, with a huge amount of content and conference time now dedicated to it. However, when you dig below the surface, there is very little that addresses the day-to-day concerns of employer brand practitioners, particularly those working in global organisations. Working in partnership with my regular co-collaborator, Mervyn Dinan, and in conjunction with employer brand software provider, Paperfly, this summer we did a piece of research to help restore the balance by uncovering the real issues in employer branding. For this week's podcast, I'm joined by Sarah Nevada, Client Director at Paperfly, to discuss the research and tell you more about our findings. Hi Sarah and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. A pleasure to be talking to you. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what Paperfly do? Sure. Um, I'm Sarah Nevada and I'm Client Director and Partner Manager at Paperfly. Um, Paperfly is, uh, simply put, kind of like a production toolkit um, and it's been created to solve uh, specific employer brand challenges um, and we're working with some fantastic global companies uh, really making a difference to their employer brand activation. So delivering results around consistency and cost and time savings. Uh, so yeah, really fantastic company and really exciting times for us. So the reason that we're speaking is uh, me and uh, my co-collaborator, Mervyn Dinan, have actually just done a piece of research um, for you guys. Um, and it's something that we wanted to sort of discuss on the podcast um, and let everyone know um, what, we, what we'd found and why we'd found it. Um, but before we sort of talk about the details of the Insight report that we've produced, um, why did you want to do this research in the first place? Tell, tell, us, tell us what your motivations were. Well, we've got a really lovely range of clients now, like people from BP to P&G, Rolls-Royce, Unilever, Monster, Walmart. And we are working really closely in the employer brand space with them. And we wanted to just sort of contribute to the debate, to the discussion and work with you guys to do some qualitative research to understand the key issues uh, that are keeping our clients and those in the industry awake and, and sort of just look at what the issues are, open a broader conversation about it and offer also some practical advice and obviously Matt you and I we've worked together before um, and we, we've seen the work you and Mervyn do and, and we thought it'd be a really good partnership and something where we could add real value to our clients. Absolutely and I think it was interesting for us because there is a huge amount of um, content that gets put uh, out on the internet um, and social media about employer brand. Um, but a lot of it is uh, very, very kind of superficial. It doesn't um, perhaps address the the, the concerns and uh, the motivations of um, practitioners who are actually sort of delivering employer brand work within corporations day in, day out. So uh, really what we did with this piece of work is we spoke to um, a number of um, employer brand professionals within global organizations um, 
and identified um, their sort of key areas, uh, their key challenges, really. Um, and once we found those challenges, we went and we went and spoke to people who had solved them um, in practice, or if they hadn't solved them, they were they were working towards um, you know working towards solutions in that area. Um, and uh, basically, we've pulled it together into um, an insight report, which Paperfly um, have published. Um, and I think there were some really interesting, some really interesting fi- findings. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the key things that you mentioned there, Matt, is that people know where they need to go, what the point that they need to get to within employer branding space more and more. But actually, the roadmap to getting there, it's not so clearly delineated, and people really do look for that practical advice and that and that guidance as uh, as to things that they could actively be doing um, you know some steps that they could take and I think that's exactly what the report offers it gives that insight but also that that practical advice as to how they might um, approach the key challenges and overcome them. So what we thought we'd do in this podcast is just give you um, a real sort of overview and a taster of the of, of the issues that we identified and some of the things that we found. So they fell broadly into four areas. The first one was um, the challenge of aligning external brand, so the employer brand that's communicated externally, um, with the actual um, internal reality of what it's like to work at the organization. What what struck you as interesting about this particular topic, Sarah? Well, I think um, there's a lot of focus in employer branding on the external brand, so maybe around that candidate journey, around uh, you know aiming for consistency and authenticity in those messages. And um, I think uh, you know uh, sharing the values, the purpose, what it's like to work for you. Um, some organisations also have to factor in the customer experience because obviously the brand perception can be heavily influenced by not only the candidate journey, but perhaps that candidate's experience as a customer. And I think it was really interesting the way I ended up feeling like really the whole focus needs to start with the internal brand first because if you have uh, happy employees, you're more likely to have happy customers, you're more likely to have happy shareholders, and this will create a really exciting and energizing culture, which will then, of course, inform the external brand, uh, giving it true authenticity. So I thought the internal first was a really good starting point. Um, and I think that means that really, as a practical step, what uh, recruiters need to do is really make sure they've got all the relevant stakeholders involved from talent acquisition, HR, marketing, internal comms, maybe the wider business stakeholders, because you really need to align all of those external and internal brands to make sure they're all coherent and that that actual candidate journey from the beginning right the way through to becoming an employee, that it is still consistent. They don't arrive and there's a disconnect. It all needs to be, all the brands need to be going in the, in the right direction. I think it's interesting because the word authenticity um, is seen by some people to almost be um, a, a cliche these days. Um, and I think what we found in, in the report is it, it's not a cliche, it's it's reality. Um, you know, o- o- authenticity and kind of alignment in between, um, you know, the, the, the practical reality of the employment experience um, and what can, how companies communicate and, and market what it's, what it, what it might be like to work there um, was, was, was critical in it. It came up in almost every, um, almost every section. I agree. There's there's kind of like a growing distrust of corporate messages, and with Glassdoor and Indeed, that they all kind of add to this desire and culture and wishing to get validation from an insider's point of view. So, really, the obviously 
employers can't control Glassdoor um, and, and the like, but what they can do is try and uh, encourage uh, employee advocacy, uh, brand ambassadors, advocates, and, and use technology to try and control that message a little bit more. Absolutely. And that's something that we'll talk about um, in a bit more detail a little bit later. So the second section um, of the report is called Employer Branding in a Challenging Commercial Environment. Um, and this was really interesting. The The point of having this, this section in here was um, a lot of the reaction that we got to the practitioners that we spoke to um, it, it kind of sort of expressed their dismay that a lot of the um, um, case studies that are out there about employer brand come from um, companies who already have, um, you know, an image of a, um, you know, a, a, a great brand, a place that everyone kind of always or already wants to wants to work at. Um, and we thought it'd be interesting to explore how companies who work in um, what might be considered less attractive industries um, or industries that are currently having, um, you know, economic issues or, or, or other issues, what what they could do to um, you know, really focus on on their employer brands um, and attract the best talent to their to their organisations. Um, what did you think of, of of this particular issue, Sarah? I agree. I mean, often you'll get the fantastic companies, Google, Virgin, all of those that have got a more appealing brand that comment on this area. Um, and I do think you know there there, there are industries which uh, have um, more challenging commercial environments. Um, the report men- mentions perhaps the tobacco industry. There's negative feeling towards industries or difficult trading circumstances, maybe like oil and gas uh, or poor profits. And I think what the report focuses on here is, um, you know, it's perhaps easier than ever to get a bad reputation, given, again, that word of mouth is so powerful these days. So what recruiters kind of need to do is work hard to own their message and look to demonstrate what their offer is, what the key messages of appeal as part of their uh, employee value proposition are. Um, There's obvious things like remuneration, career development, style of leadership, culture of valuing individuals, um, strong internal relationships, corporate citizens, all these points. But I think it comes back to seeing employer branding as part of a broader picture and and looking to your internal teams to work together. So again, maybe talent acquisition, HR, learning and development, and really putting the time and the resource into identifying what you can offer to your potential candidates and your future employees and looking for ways to bring in what they want to life within your company. So again, you can authentically offer it. So the paper's got some lovely detail there about how to appeal to different audiences, because obviously uh, the younger workforce, their aspirations are going to be a little different from mid-career or late-career aspirations. So it's really just giving some advice around the most compelling way to show how you as a business can deliver on what it is that your job seekers would want. I think the interesting thing um, that came out of the couple of interviews that I did with, uh, you know, people who were um, who were who were doing this well in in challenging circumstances was just how important. Um, candidate experience um, and a a totally joined up talent acquisition process was Um, and the feeling was that if they'd got the attention um, of a really good candidate they they had to do absolutely everything that they could to um, you know persuade persuade that person to 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 work for them Um, and having a quality candidate experience was an absolutely critical part of that definitely okay so the the third one, which is something that we've we've kind of touched on already, was employee generated content. Now, interestingly, 
a lot of people that we spoke to in the initial interviews um, identified this as something they knew they absolutely had to do. But a lot of people um, not necessarily sure on the best way, um, the best way to do it, the processes they need, the technology they might have to they might have to use, um, or, or really the outcomes that they were that they were looking for. So it's a classic example of something that's that's talked about a lot, but actually um, only a few companies seem to be doing it really, 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 really well. Well, um, and they were the people that we looked at and um, kind of modelled for 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 this section of the report. Um, what struck you about um, this particular area, Sarah? Well, as you say, there are methods and that, uh, to generate employee-led content that will then resonate with target audiences and massively extend that brand reach. Um, I think uh, it is that whole area of people, okay, we need to do that. It is a bit of a buzzword again, but how do we do that? And I think... Um, one of the key areas is first of all finding and encouraging those brand advocates and, and there's various ways to do that. It might be to people might do that, for example, to enhance their own brand. You know, a lot of people are looking to to increase their profile, or perhaps they might do it for reward or kudos or winning a competition. But it's it's finding out how can you motivate people to become brand advocates? Who do you want to become and motivate to become brand advocates? And then it's about how you can harness technology really to um to do that efficiently so it's not an onerous process and from our point of view as I mentioned at the beginning we're always looking for ways to add value to our clients so we've recently partnered with Andrew Marrett at Workometry um, and what happens here is I think a really beautifully nimble uh, process where using Andrew's technology um, for example I'll, I'll give a, a little scenario um, a company can contact last year's graduates and ask them three open questions, for example, why did you join us? What have you enjoyed this year since you've uh, been working for us? And what would you say uh, to graduates looking or thinking about joining us this year? <clears throat> and then Workometry's uh, technology will then very efficiently and in real time pass that information so that you can see very quickly what your key strengths are. You can even drill down to specific quotes. Um, and then when you partner that with our technology, Paperfly, where we empower people to produce their own brand marketing without any uh, outside support, so it's very quick and uh, cost-effective process, for example, you could then take those messages, use our social media module, and then publish into your social platforms the key appeals to those to graduates this year, what they might like to consider and what the employees are saying from last year, graduates from last year, as to why they should consider you as a company. So it's just that really nice uh, way of listening to your workforce and if you consider that for a global company that's across all different regions across all different territories and in all different languages you can really quickly start to evaluate what your uh, potential um, key key messages are and then using paperflow you can then get them to market very quickly and really just start that relationship with your job seeker that is a real authentic and an honest assessment of who you are and what they can expect and what you really offer that's very interesting and um andrew of course was a was a guest a few podcasts ago um talking about um his work in in kind of hr and uh, rec recruitment analytics and i think you know pairing this kind of employee generated content with analytics is a really interesting approach so um the final section uh, of the report is measuring employer brand effectiveness what did you what did you think to the findings here uh, well, it's a really complex area. I mean, I don't think there is a, a universal a 
agreement or definition on how to measure employer brand effectiveness. So I think what the report focuses on is uh, the ideas in the employer brand industry um, about how you might want to do that. Um, but obviously, I think the trouble here is there's always people are always competing for resources. There can be a lack of priority. There's so much to do. Um, it means often that the reality of how things get measured differs from what people would like it to look like. But there are there are some uh, specific ways you might wish to do it from external benchmarking uh, looking at how you're placed on review sites um, or awards uh, to performance KPIs internal surveys there's lots of practical suggestions there but I think the key element here is there's no single way to measure it so people kind of need to look at their company and look at what does success mean to them and sort of develop their own scorecard and work out again as part of the bigger picture, because employer brand is always feeding into the corporate brand and the corporate company overall objectives, it's how really um, does do you want to measure your success within that bigger picture? So it's a, about a, reviewing the range of options and developing your own scorecard based on your company's own version of success. And then always looking to get that bigger picture with an eye on the broader business objectives. Yes, I think this was really interesting, actually, because the all, all of the companies who were who were doing effective um, employer brand measurement we, were using that balanced scorecard approach. So they had four or five different external and internal metrics that they were using um, to 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 really see what was um, what was being what was being effective. So um, the Insight report is available now. Um, how can people get hold of it? Uh, well, if you go to our website um, or just email us on hello at paperfly.com, paperfly is P-A-P-I-R-F-L-Y.com. Um, and yeah, uh, register your interest for it and we'll, and we'll send it over to you. And we'd love to have a conversation and just share a bit more uh, around our thoughts on the Insight Report and our experience in the employer brand space working with uh, our global clients as well. It'd be great to, to catch up with people and, and, and start that conversation. That's what the whole report's for, really. Sarah? Thank you very much for talking to me. Matt, thank you very much. And we'll speak soon, I hope. My thanks to Sarah Nevada. If you want to download our free report, you can find it at bit.ly slash ebinsights16. That's bit.ly slash ebinsights16. Um, and that link will also be in the show notes. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can also find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Thank you.